so welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your lunch. Uh, and you've all had the opportunity to go around and uh, visit some of our fantastic exhibitors uh, this afternoon. Um, so just following on from uh, both our keynotes in terms of um, uh, the key themes that they were discussing over the course of um, this morning, um, I have a really fantastic session lined up for you um, to talk about um, our sustainable estate. Uh, and uh, the speakers lined up uh, uh, are, uh, having known them well now for quite a number of years, are, um, I, I'm sure I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll delight you over the course of the next hour or so. Um, so first of all, we'll have uh, Adam McGee, Alistair Kidd, uh, and Alan Calderwood um, run over uh, the bar in the campus, um, and then after that, we'll go into um, a discussion on the Femlin Learning Campus with uh, Martin Kirkwood and Alan Paul. Um, so I'll just pass over to um, to Adam, Alistair and Alan. I'm not sure who's going to go first, but Alistair will go first. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy the session. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Hey, hello, everyone. My name is Alistair Kidd. I'm the strategic lead for the Barony Campus Project for East Ayrshire Council. Before Adam gives you a short presentation on Shepard Robson's architectural response to the project brief, and Alan gives you some insight into the construction of the new school and partnership approach to working with both East Ayrshire Council and the multidisciplinary design team, I'd like to give you some background and context to the project. At £68 million, the Barony Campus project is the biggest single capital investment project ever undertaken by East Ayrshire Council. The project was initially conceived back in 2015, following concerns with under-occupancy, condition and suitability at a number of schools within the communities of Cumnock and Auchin Lake. By bringing the schools together under one merged campus, not only would we address these major concerns, but this would also present East Ayrshire with a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to develop truly inspirational learning environments for children and young people in the area. The communities of Cumnock and Auchin Lake have a rich history. However, the decline in mining and rural employment has led to significant challenges for communities eh, for both. Everyone understands all too well what the loss of mining has done to communities across the country, with Ayrshire being one of the very worst affected, resulting in generations of unemployed and high levels of deprivation. In the case of Cumnock and Auchin Lake, this also resulted in deep-held deep divisions between two villages less than half a mile apart. This division was one of the most significant challenges that East Ayrshire Council faced from the very earliest stages of consultation over the merger of the schools, which can be demonstrated by the image I have from the front page of the local paper that referred to the site of the proposed school as the Gaza Strip. As shocking as that headline is, the Council and many from the local area were determined that the new campus was the right solution for the local community. What the Barony Campus project therefore offered the communities of Cumnock and Auchin Lake was an opportunity to put the past behind them and create a new beginning. As a local authority, this also presented us with a unique opportunity to set new standards for education that support high academic ambition and deliver a sustainable estate for future generations. A sustainable estate for East Ayrshire Council is not just about the obvious commitments to decarbonising our buildings and deliver the aspirations of a net zero society. Sustainability in the context of this project 
is also about delivering on our social responsibilities to our communities by putting them at the heart of everything that we do. The Barony Campus presented East Ayrshire with its first true opportunity to explore place principles by adopting the Scottish Government's Creating Places policy statement that sets out the relationship between architecture and place and recognises the significant role good building design has on people and communities. The success of the Barney Campus was therefore linked to connecting with local people at the very earliest stages of development. Our view was that meaningful consultation and engagement enables places to endure, fostering positive interaction and activity and ensuring that our new facilities meet the needs and future aspirations of the people. Having established the design-led approach to the project, East Ayrshire Council set about determining a suitable procurement strategy. Given the emphasis the Council had placed on design, and in particular connecting with the local community, it was considered essential that the Council maintain control over the initial design stages for the project. In order to obtain the appropriate balance in terms of controlling the design process, together with the management of risk between the Council, design team and the contractor, it was determined that a two-stage design and build approach be adopted, with the multidisciplinary design team and cost consultants appointed directly by the Council, with the main contractor appointed separately under a pre-construction services agreement. At the time, two-stage design and build was a completely new approach for East Ayrshire. The most crucial element of the procurement process for us was the selection of the right team for the project. However, in a departure from usual arrangements, we entered into a procurement process in partnership with members of the local community. The process of selecting the project architects, for example, was undertaken collaboratively, with the final presentations and interviews held in the council chambers with an audience of approximately 50, including pupils from the local schools and representatives from sports clubs. The intention of this process was not to determine a finalised design for the campus, but to select the right partner to ensure they understood our commitments to consultation and the importance we placed on engaging with the local community. One of the significant benefits that we derived from this approach was the real sense of teamwork and camaraderie that was built up amongst the team. Teamwork for me was not only about fostering creativity and trust, but it was also about having fun. We were going to be working on this project for five years, therefore it was important to me that the team actually liked working with each other and were able to work together. We've made some lifelong friendships during this project and genuinely enjoyed working with each other over the last few years. To illustrate this, I've included a selection of photographs from some of the more fun times we've had together. For the observant amongst you, you may see um, Alan Cunningham, Operations Director with Morris Construction, being cradled lovingly in the arms of Barry Young, Director of Commercial Services with Faithful and Gould. And for the really observant amongst you, you'll see a jealous-looking Adam McGee standing at the back wishing it was him. And with that, I'm going to hand over to Adam. Can everybody hear me okay? Yeah. Um, thank you, Alistair. Good morning. My name is Adam McGee. I'm a partner with Shepherd Robson Architects, and I was responsible for leading the multidisciplinary team in the delivery of the Barney campus. Um, as Alistair has set out very clearly, the brief for Barney campus was an ambitious one. It was a brief which sought to build long-term sustainable benefits for the communities of uh, Cumnock and Auchinleck. We began working on the Barney campus in 2016 following 
our selection as the successful team. Our mission from the outset was to develop a place-based approach to positive change, ensuring that this local project met local needs. We also targeted the delivery of an impressive range of community benefits that we wanted to provide working together with Morrison Construction as part of our involvement in the project. The project itself has some noteworthy sustainability credentials, such as a locally supplied biomass heating system delivering an annual carbon abatement of around about 1,700 tonnes of CO2, um, together with a reduction in annual fuel costs of around £250,000. There's a significant photovoltaic array um, delivering 136 kilowatts at peak production, which is equivalent to around about 15% of the building's energy load. Um, we delivered enhanced air tightness and overall the facility achieves EPCA in operation and delivers low, uh, low running costs. However, whilst the building is sustainable uh, in some respects in the long term and is low carbon in use, it was ultimately commissioned before the current move towards uh, the principles of passive house and zero and low carbon. Therefore, I thought it might be useful today and more relevant to focus on how the Shepherd Robson team used the power of design, collaboration and engagement to support sustainable investment in communities. The team shared a clear vision at the beginning that the whole community should benefit from this project. Uh, they should benefit from a long-term long strategy to achieve positive socio-economic change. Together we identified from the outset that in order to do this, to design a truly community-focused project which could deliver the significant change that we required, we would need to deliver a programme of engagement which surpassed anything that had been undertaken before. To engage and to fully connect with the people of Cumnock and Auchin Lake and to embed them in the project and empower them to determine their own sustainable future. The benefit of meaningful consultation and engagement from our experience um, was the ability to establish two very essential things. The first is collaboration, which as architects we might call co-design. This is the process whereby the design team working together to a common purpose sign up to a collaboration charter at the beginning of the project which sets out the values and behaviours that we expect of each other during the process of delivery. The second is engagement, which as architects we might call co-creation. This involves reaching into the community, positioning their voice at the centre of the design process as experts in their own right. After all, nobody knows what a community needs more than the community themselves. We cast the net wide, ensuring that we listen to every voice, not just the loudest ones. We took our time consulting and engaging regularly. Now, this is an important point. This process cannot be rushed. It cannot be reverse engineered into a programme. It's an organic process that takes time and with time bears fruit. By the end of the process, we'd spoken to over 600 individuals within the community and 125 different clubs, groups, businesses and organisations. Our job was to listen, to lead, to inspire and to identify key themes. From those conversations, we developed a number of essential community-backed themes. First, creating a heart for the community through quality placemaking. 
Secondly, creating access to transformational, flexible learning spaces. Thirdly, creating opportunities for access to lifelong learning for adults. Fourth, creating a facility that develops employability skills within the community. And lastly, creating access to world-class sports uh, facilities which improve health and wellbeing. And so we set out to design a fully accessible, inclusive facility that threw off institutional approaches to school design and instead creates a place that is embedded within the heart of the community, that meets the needs of all who use it, and that has a civic architectural presence with public spaces which are well used, warm and welcoming. The building itself is an evolution of the superblock. It utilises a broken down form and is orientated on the site to maximise south facing aspect, optimising natural light and ensuring that playgrounds are all south facing. This creates opportunities for the internal environment, which, which is therefore bright and well ventilated, all in keeping with the health and wellbeing requirements of the brief. The building form is arranged as a series of linked structures on a radial axis, which addresses the dominant topography of the site. And the radial geometry also works to reduce the visual impact of the building as it diminishes into the distance and the viewer never actually sees the whole building all at once. By breaking up the plan in this way, we sought to control the scale of the building. At 23,500 square metres, this is something we needed to address directly. It was a major concern of the community uh, regarding the overall scale of the new facility in relation to local architecture. The buildings range from two to three storeys in height, uh, with the lower scale buildings being primary and early childhood centre, addressing the scale of those buildings' users. Again, responding directly to community consultation outcomes, the series of buildings were also conceived to preserve the individual identities um, for each of the learner cohorts that would be co-located at Barony. That is to say, from left to right, primary, early years and ASN, shared community spaces, secondary school and finally the sports facilities. The link between these buildings provides the opportunity for pupils of all ages uh, and stages to move between their own programme spaces uh, and within the facility, offering seamless and integrated transitions to learners of all ages on their education journey. Externally, the use of expressed gables is a reference to and an interpretation of the airshow, the local airshow vernacular. Simultaneously, the sawtooth profile of the roof works to break up the junction of the building, the roofscape and the sky, as it meets the skyline, again attempting to diminish scale and responding directly to its place. The material palette for the building is simple and stripped back, referencing the colours and textures of the local Ayrshire landscape and referencing the traditions of coal mining and agriculture, all carefully crafted to allow the building to sit comfortably within its semi-rural context. All the materials we selected were of high quality and focus was given to ensure that we optimised the quality of the external materials from both aesthetic and future maintenance points of view. Internally, the focus was to deliver flexible, digitally enabled learning spaces, which was a shared requirement of both community and East Ayrshire Council. We spent a lot of time and effort with our educationalists consulting with staff, pupils and parents, looking in detail at how we could deliver spaces that were truly transformational. 
following site visits to re other recently completed schools and referencing our own experience in the design of le learning and teaching facilities for universities, we developed a proposal which brought together the scheduled breakout spaces into subject-specific learning plazas. These spaces are impressive, they are large volume, they are flexible spaces which are fully digitally enabled and can be adapted for use in multiple ways, creating flexibility for future curricular and pedagogical change. These are architecturally ambitious spaces which create multiple work settings, catering for a wide range of different pupil cohorts, from single quiet study to small groups, all the way up to class and year group teaching. Fundamentally, these spaces provide a transformational approach to pupil-centric teaching, whilst remaining fully flexible and adaptable to future change. It's fair to say the response we've had from staff and pupils has been exceptional. Seamless transitions, the concept of nurture, is captured through the use of repeating motifs. The Ayrshire Gable is used again as a recognisable form established at early childhood stage and through primary and repeated throughout the school journey. It's a point of familiarity, a visual connector, a flexible meeting point and, it, and is used throughout the building as a touch point for pupils and staff to use in many varied ways. Health and well-being is integrated throughout the design through high levels of natural light, significant natural ventilation of spaces and spaces which have a connection to nature and the outside environment through the use of uh, generous amounts of glazing. Multiple outdoor learning opportunities have been provided as well as a healthy approach to travelling to school through the Park and East Ayrshire's Park and Stride initiative. There are also healthy food options served within light, airy and well-ventilated dining spaces. Sports facilities for both pupils and community uh, were delivered to international standards at Barney Campus. We worked closely with Sports Scotland the, and the community and local sports teams to ensure that we delivered exactly what was needed. And indeed, in some cases, we were able to go beyond expectations, such as we being able to deliver a four-lane running track and two international standard rugby pitches which have the same dimensions as the National Stadium at Murrayfield at all times during the consultation and design process. We recognise the importance of access to sport in the future health and wellbeing of sustainable and prosperous communities. The result of all of this endeavour is the, I'm glad to say, now award-winning Barony Campus, a facility that has delighted both client and community in equal measure, and a project that for us at Shepherd Robson helped us to break new ground enabled us to learn a lot through a very positive process with East Ayrshire Council and Morrison Construction. On the back of the Barony campus, uh, we have further developed our own collaboration charter, which we now use on all projects, to agree the values and expected behaviours that would best serve that specific project. We have also crystallised our approach to co-creation through our self-titled co-creation publication and to community benefit and corporate social responsibility through our publication, Opening Doors, Opening Minds. I do have a limited number of copies here today if anybody's interested in grabbing a copy. However, now it's time for me to hand over to Alan Calderwood of Morrison Construction to talk a little bit about the build. Thank you. Okay, just before I start and to prove I'm at my work, can I do a wee selfie? Because <laughs> you are all looking at us. Right, you can all go, cheers! 
Thank you. That was for Eddie Robertson. Uh, so good afternoon, Adam. Uh, thanks for that. My name is Alan Calderwood, and I was the pre-construction director for Morrison uh, on the Barony campus, formerly known as Knockroon, uh, working in partnership with East Ayrshire, Shepherd Robson Multidisc Team and Faithland Gould to ensure uh, it was delivered within very challenging programme, cost and area metrics. And our drive and enthusiasm continued to work collaboratively through the construction phases of which we had six handovers and as illustrated in the quality of the, the built environment and the finished product. Now, a true testament to our partnership working was demonstrated when this happened. March 2020. Progress on site is scheduled for a July handover. And then, as everyone knows, there was two or three weeks of total confusion. Mixed messages. Keep the site open. Close the site. You're an essential service. It's no safe. We all went through that. Now, collectively, the team worked through this extremely difficult period to understand the challenges they faced. And ultimately, we agreed a revised programme and a commercial position that worked for all parties, resulting in the main phase of the building handing over in October 2020, which was only three months later than was first envisaged, which was absolutely amazing. Now, it is the first time, and hopefully the last time, we've been involved in a social distance handover. And even the dates that you see up there, our actual official opening was still a virtual opening. Again, hopefully we don't need to go there again. Now, on this campus, uh, we maximised the social value through proper investment and support with the key stakeholders and our dedicated community and social impact team delivered no one, no twa, but hunters a community benefits uh, for the communities of Auchinleck and Cumnock and we leave a legacy for them in the surrounding area to prosper. So as Alistair said, I mean, this was a project we at Morrison's and I personally were very proud to be involved in, um, not just in the end product and the 10,000 cuba concrete, the half a million facing brick. As Alistair said, it was about the people, the behaviours and the relationships that were formed. So I'm going to play a wee video just to give you a sense of size and scale of the project.
Thank you. So good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'd first of all like to uh, start by um, thanking um, Alistair, Adam and Alan for what I thought was a really inspirational uh, presentation. And one of the things that struck me as I was listening to what they had to, uh, to say was the, rem the remarkable sort of coincidences between the kind of experience that they've had um, and they've had by way of a finished product and uh, Martin Kirkwood and I from Fife College um, are, are going through at the moment possibly a different scale uh, but, but the same sort of experiences and the same sort of um, opportunities. So I thought that was really inspirational, so thank you guys. Um, so let me introduce myself. I'm, I'm Alan Paul from Fife Council. Um, I'm joined today by Martin Kirkwood from Fife College. And we're here today to tell you a story. Um, um, unlike the Barony uh, project, we are starting out. Um, so we're at possibly the, the other end of the scale, albeit at a good end. Um, and um, what we're going to do is provide you with a kind of overview of um, where we've been, how we've got there, uh, and um, what we're trying to achieve. Um, so the story, it started with a kind of simple question. And the question would be, what would happen if we adopted a cross-sectoral um, approach to education investment and brought together into a single learning campus um, uh, two secondary schools, full college campus, um, and the opportunities uh, to um, leverage um, all of that by way of not, not just the, the, um, the kind of core requirements of the two organisations, Fife Council and, and Fife College, but also leverage that in relation to the opportunities to do more in relation to, for example, higher education. Um, and, and I suppose in addition to that question, we were also asking ourselves, and could this be done at scale? Um, and that, that question, you know, could we create this integrated single learning campus and could we do it at, at scale, it lies at, right at the heart of what we've been doing over the last couple of years. Now our presentation today is um, structured into kind of four sections, trying to keep it simple. Um, so the first section is around a kind of introduction uh, to the Dunfermline Learning Campus. Um, um, we're then going to talk about the sort of educational experience, the benefits that we think will flow from our investment. Uh, we want to pick up on the journey so far, and we want to share some experience in relation to the kind of learning that we've taken from uh, what we've managed to achieve. Um, so on the screen you'll see some kind of core information. Um, investment value in terms of construction value for the campus, about £200 million, new state-of-the-art um, education campus. Um, we anticipate that this will be open in 2024 um, and it will, it will be the home to roughly 2,700 school pupils and a further roughly 2,000 um, college uh, students. Um, the, camp the campus will offer a learning experience to young people, to adult learners and to our business community. It will also offer a significant uh, community education and sports contribution uh, to our local communities. Um, and our integrated learning experience has been designed around a kind of revitalised learner journey and Martin will talk about what that might mean. Um, but in doing so, in a bit like the Barony, um, we were also keen to maintain and celebrate the, in the, in 
the individual identities and brands of the two schools and the college. Um, I'd like to acknowledge the support of Andy and colleagues uh, to allow us to get to where we've gotten to, because um, clearly huge investment by Scottish Government um, allowing us to deliver upon our vision. Um, and the site we've chosen for this, it's a 60-acre brownfield site. It's on the, on the edge of Dunfermline. In a previous life, I, was, uh, I worked for Scottish uh, Enterprise. And at that time, um, one, of the, one of the transactions I was involved with was around transferring ownership of that site from Hyundai uh, to Motorola. Unfortunately, um, um, despite all of that great work, um, the vision for that, uh, that opportunity never came, and so it's, uh, it's really pleasing to see an opportunity now to kind of revitalise our, our local communities by regenerating that site. That site acts as a gateway into the city of Dunfermline, but it also acts as a gateway into Fife more generally, and we'll, we'll speak in a minute or two about um, what that might mean and why that's significant. Um, and I suppose the re really pleasing thing is um, that we started work on the campus about two months ago. Um, it's a huge civil engineering project at, at present. Um, doors open summer 2024 and we anticipate our main builds commencing at spring of next year. So a very exciting uh, time. Um, I said learner journey is right at the heart of what it is we've been trying to achieve. Um, there are 18 secondary schools in Fife and four uh, college campuses uh, and although the Dunfermline Learning Campus will be unique um, we want that excellent learning opportunity uh, to be experienced throughout all of our secondary schools and do that in partnership with, with the college um, and so right at the start of the, the work that we did around the creation of our vision for Dunfermline Learning Campus was we started with seeking to review and strengthen that partnership between the, the college, the council, and the schools. Um, the Infernal Learning Campus, or DLC as it's affectionately known uh, to those of us that have lived and, and breathed it for the last couple of years, um, will be a significant thing in its own right. Um, but it will also be significant in so many other ways, not least in relation to the opportunities that um, present ourselves now in relation to kind of digital learning. Um, we want to create an excellent uh, learning environment, but we also want to, just as uh, colleagues from East Ayrshire have demonstrated, that we want to generate other things as well. Um, so we want to drive down carbon. Um, the, the campus is a, is a pathfinder project for the, the government's uh, net zero approach to new investment in, in education um, and we also want to um, deliver um, upon our commitments in relation to community wealth building uh, and that's about leveraging the social, environmental and economic benefits that come from the scale of investment that we are uh, in, in the throes of delivering. And if I give you just as a simple example of that community wealth building um, opportunity, a couple of weeks ago we arranged a meet the buyer event largely targeted at local SMEs. We had 600 local uh, businesses sign up um, and so impressed were they with the opportunities that we were keen to uh, bring forward to them that um, we secured a kind of 93% approval uh, in relation to 
you know, people's um, excitement in relation to what might be um, in front of them. Um, so that's a cook's tour of uh, um, what it is we're trying to achieve um, through the campus and Martin. Um, do you like to join me and, and talk about you know, some of those uh, educational benefits that, that we want to realise? Yep. Afternoon everyone. Um, I'm pretty sure the Funding Council are uh, around here somewhere, so I'd just like to, on behalf of my principal, thank them for the, the cheque for 100 million that they gave us the other week, which is um, fantastic. Um, far and away the biggest capital investment the Funding Council's made for either the college sector or the university sector, so we were very pleased to, to get it. So my slides aren't really about the estates project, mine are about the learner experience that we hope to gain from this huge investment in West Fife. Um, and this slide's headed up stepping stones because that was a concept that ourselves and Fife Council came up with about two years ago whereby um, the physical estate should mirror the learner journey. So as you move through the campus, you'll be moving from junior phase through senior phase to college, school activity, university hub, and at the far side of the campus, we're hoping to explore opportunities for research, innovation, product development. So it really will be a completely integrated campus with a full uh, range of learning experiences. Um, and one of the products uh, of this work that has been developed over the last 18 months by the education teams of both Fife Council and Fife College are the learning pathways um, which have now been developed for every curriculum area that the college will be offering from 2024. Um, what are learner, learning pathways? Well they're essentially signposts which will allow young people moving through the school system to choose options uh, in terms of their, their learning career. So they can go down the traditional qualifications route, they can opt for vocational training, qualifications, they can even go to do uh, foundation apprenticeships and so on. What, what the, the signposts will do is use labour market intelligence to give these young people, young learners, a stronger indication of what kind of skills they can hope to acquire as a result of the learning and what sort of careers they can hope to go into. So it's given them a much stronger focus on where their careers could go. Um, and as I say, we've now developed those jointly for every, every area of the curriculum. Um, so young people will have the opportunities um, to study and work in a much more visible way than, than currently. So that's one of the big wins from doing this, um, this development in this way. Um, I've highlighted up there some of the areas that we've developed curriculum areas, uh, the learning pathways in, engineering, construction, built environment, childcare and so on, right through to sport and well-being. So by the time the campus opens in 2024, we, we fully intend that the curriculum offer will be absolutely relevant for those learners. Um, given what's happened over the last 20 months, we think we have to get this right. <clears throat> I've mentioned right at the very end of this slide the working groups that have been set up um, by the two organisations. There are six working groups. I've highlighted two here. Um, one is digital learning, which, as everyone knows, is absolutely key uh, to get right. And at some point, 
the Digital Learning Working Group will align with the Digital Infrastructure Working Group so that the whole campus um, will benefit from an integrated digital strategy. And the second is timetabling. With a number of pupils and students on campus on any particular day, timetabling is a huge challenge and we've set up a working group to tackle that so they're looking at things like bigger blocks of uh, study which allows more pupils to move, move around. So the lot I think what I'm trying to get over here is a flavour for the huge amount of activity that's taking place in parallel to the Estates project. The Learner Pathways is very much about the alignment between senior phase school pupils and the college curriculum, but obviously the college has a range of other clients that this new campus will have to cater for. So as well as the school leavers, we have adult returners. Um, over 40% of the college um, base is 20, age 25 years or over, so adult le learners are very, very important for us. Um, we have a range of apprenticeships. We've also taken the opportunity to look at the whole business model for um, business engagement, involvement with industry, um, commercial activities, and conferencing and so on. And we've completely redeveloped and re-engineered that business model. There'll be centres of excellence, as I say, in construction, engineering, sport. There'll be a university hub. We fully intend there'll be a physical presence for at least one university partner possibly more, hopefully, and in due course we hope to have an innovation and events second phase to this, to this uh, project. So um, school college is extremely important to us and we've developed a lot in the last 18 months but we also have these other client bases to cater for and this investment will be an absolute game changer to allow the college to do that. Um, so that's the kind of product that we want to get. We want to have a fully integrated product where learners can study access courses right through to degree and beyond and they can do it all in West Fife and we think that is going to be a model for the future, particularly given the events of the last 18 to 20 months. And I'll hand back over to Alan who will canter through where we are in terms of the actual project itself. So thanks Martin. So we've tried to describe what we're trying to deliver, and we've also tried to describe the why we're uh, trying to deliver it in the way that we are. Um, so I, I was asked to talk about um, the experience to date and the journey, uh, and we've tried to kind of simplify that by way of the slide that's in front of you. Um, um, argu arguably, there's a kind of chapterized approach that's appropriate to a project of this scale. Um, and it's, it's one thing to start out with a vision, but of course that vision needs to be made tangible. It needs to be, you know, it needs to be a single vision. Uh, and and if you're doing something of, if you're doing something in partnership, it, then it has to be a joint vision. Um, so we started with that kind of high-level articulation, that question I I, I started out with, um, and that that provided us with a, a concept. Um, that, that concept, it, then we wrapped some governance around, um, and uh, at, at that point, um, we were fortunate enough, uh, because of other events, um, to have confirmation that, that funding it was available to, to take forward um, our, um, our sort of agreed campus. And that led us through into a master plan. Master plan was a 
kind of challenging piece of work, um, not least because um, it, it required us to consider in detail what we meant by an integrated campus. And I think Martin will want to, to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, and that, that actually took us to roughly-ish this time last year. Um, and in the intervening period, um, we've developed, um, the, I suppose, the detail of the project. So we developed a strategic design brief. We were supported in that, that, that process because what we'd agreed was that um, we would have a separate college building and separate schools building, but that, that we would enjoy um, an integrated curriculum and approach to education that ran through that whole campus. Um, so the strategic design brief was about trying to ensure that we had coherence. It's, it's one thing to talk about something, it's another thing entirely to do it. And we, um, uh, we appointed a lady called Rose Jenkins, who's the um, Director of Estates at University of Dundee, to act as our champion to kind of support those discussions and to kind of hold us and our teams to, to account. Um, I, and then you know, through all of that, um, we have uh, developed our, our uh, delivery strategy, um, multiple planning applications. Um, our main planning applications are due for consideration at committee this week. Um, so hopefully that goes well for us. Um, that led us through the business case process and then the more commercial elements uh, of the um, uh, the, uh, the partnership around land transfers, um, around the Memorandum of Understanding, which is a contractually binding document uh, that we've, we've agreed, and that will take us through um, into a collaboration agreement which will define the relationship between the parties as we go forward. All of this sounds quite technical and, and, uh, and perhaps sl uh, slightly different from that broader vision, but all of that's necessary. You're delivering a, a, a campus of this scale and this level of investment it has to be tackled seriously. Um, so that, that allowed us then uh, to commence work uh, about two months ago. Uh, what we have on site at the moment is a major civil, civil engineering project. It's a 60 acre site, which means it's a very big site and there's an awful lot of muck to be shifted. That muck will be shifted over the winter um, the common infrastructure, whether that's services, roads um, and other things will be delivered over that period of time and that will allow us uh, the confidence to start our main construction. It's amazing how quickly projects uh, travel um, when, they, uh, when they go on site. I know this because I was on site last week and the uh, footprint of the schools is already laid out um, and blink and we'll start to see um, the structure appear and the whole thing will become very real. So that's a kind of cook's tour of where we've been and how we've, uh, how we've tried to tackle the development of a partnership. It's about creating e educational excellence, but it's also about recognising that you have to tackle that in a very serious professional way. Um, so Martin, you're going to talk, talk to us uh, now about the kind of lessons that we've, uh, we've learned through this journey. Try not to stand on your black book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're little and large, yeah. Morton and Wise or the Turones. Yeah. <laughs> let you guys decide. Um, when Alan said, could you cover lessons learned, I thought, wow, where do you start? Because um, we've been working on this for a long time. Um, we had a very fine 
balancing act to deliver, which, as Alan's already mentioned, explored and exploited integration as much as we could, but also preserved the scale and the identities of the two schools and the college. And that was quite a difficult uh, balancing act to, to get right. When we say communication and use of language, I think what um, we are thinking of here is the whole discussion that we had around integration of facilities, integration of activities, and again we had a long, long discussion about what makes sense, what activities does it make sense to integrate and what activities does it make sense to keep separate, for good reason, but to make sure that we had a rationale for each of the decisions that we made. Um, taking people on the journey, I think when we set off, we had two organisations that we're operating in very different ways. We have different funding regimes, we have different approval processes, we have different political masters. And there was a long period of each of us gaining an understanding of how the other organisation worked and the accountability mechanisms that they had to respond to. And I think we got there, but it was quite hard work. Um, and I think what it all boils down to really, sounds a bit glib, is trust. I think trust between the two teams has been developed over the last 18 months hugely um, to the point where, for example, we can start the enabling works when we don't technically have our contractors on site yet, but we found a way around that uh, to keep the programme on, on schedule. So I think trust comes down to a lot of it. Um, it has been tight. Um, the vision I think we've tried to set out to you today, which is to provide learners in West Fife and industry and business with the best facilities that we can give them and give them the opportunities to study whatever levels of, of qualification they want to study. So as long as we keep testing what we're doing against those objectives, I think we won't go wrong. Um, so yeah, still a long way to go, but I think we've come an awful long way in the last 18 months. So I think we should probably hand over for questions now. I think I, th I think we should. But one final slide. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is. It looks looks very simple, very straightforward. It's school school to the south, college to the north. Um, life is is um, is uh, has been good, but as Martin said, it's been a kind of challenging piece of work to get to. Um, and I think we'd very much welcome any questions that uh, you want to pose to us. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. Um, not a lot more for me to, to add to that. I think um, uh, chaps have absolutely demonstrated um, the breadth, quality, and ambition um, that their projects um, have. Well first of all delivered and are absolutely seeking to deliver. So we've got five, just over five minutes or so um, for, for questions. Um, so I'll just open it to the floor if anybody wants to come up and be brave, stand in the middle and give one of these boys a challenging question. Uh, I'll buy you a drink tonight. I'm staying at Hilton tonight. <laughs> no problem at all, that's it. Come, come, um, table 20, that's fine. That's it. Just come across. Got I said to Alistair I was going to ask Alan an awkward question. Um, uh, my name's Gordon Reid, I'm from Keir Construction. 
But I think right at the very beginning, uh, Alan and Martin touched upon carbon. And I'm really quite interested, given where we are at the moment with the carbon journey, what you guys are doing on this particular project around embodied carbon and operational carbon. Sorry, Dion. Alan. Sorry, Dion. Sorry. Is it? Okay. Gordon, can you hear me? No, I don't think so. Should be now. Should be now. Hello? Yep. Hello? So, what we've agreed is um, we, we started the design of the campus uh, before net zero. Um, so, that encouraged us to, or net, net zero encouraged us to, to think again about our approach. Um, there are some things, for example, in relation to, say, choice of site that we couldn't revisit, but largely everything else we have revisited. Um, so the schools will be a mixture of precast concrete uh, with CLT, so that's, um, that's a timber frame for, uh, for those that, that, that aren't in the industry. And I think the college will be doing like, likewise in relation to the cross-laminated timber. Um, I think what we've learnt, we started, um, certainly in relation to schools, thinking that um, Passive House would provide us with good guidance, and it, and it has, um, uh, but we, we've learnt quite quickly through that process that it's really about getting the basics right, uh, it's, about a, it's about a fabric first approach, um, and uh, that is what we've embraced. Um, happy to come back um, perhaps next year to talk about our, our experiences in relation to net zero and what that means and how we've designed because I think we're, uh, we're still a bit off before we've finalised that uh, but we've finalised the, kind of the, the, the basic elements um, so as I say I, I'm, I'm sure we'd be happy to come back and, and talk in, in more detail Yep um, he will be back, I can assure you of that. Um, a, a project of this size and scale and given the, the level of investment, you know, not least from my political lords and masters that are going into this, then uh, we'll absolutely be looking to showcase this right up until uh, the facility opens. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone else? Deadly silence. Okay, Alan, on you go. Could I ask one to Alistair? It's friendly fire. Uh, just because uh, it's for a pint in it. <laughs> Damn it. But when can we do it again? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, I'm not going to answer that question, Alan, I'm afraid. So, yeah. Boo. <laughs> oh, we'll have a question coming in here at the back. Is this working? Yes. yes. Hazel Dalgard, Scottish Funding Council. I just wanted to ask about the community cohesion element um, for the Barony campus and the two villages and how you managed to um, create some kind of shared identity there in the school. That sounds amazing. Well, the truth be told, um, a lot of the hard work had already been done by the time we actually got uh, appointed. Um, the two secondary schools in particular had been working very closely together and actually I think a lot of the, the division that existed within the community existed at parent level 
and it was historic. And actually, there was a great opportunity for the council to um, to seize the day and actually build on the the, the, the kind of um, the opportunity with the young within the younger folk where the, the, the prejudices maybe weren't quite as strong. And I think that's actually the secret of why Barony Campus is, is so successful is because it, it came at the it was the right facility at the right time um, to, to really change the course of, of young people's lives. Uh, and and the, the other thing that, that we were really key on was making sure that we involved the young people in the, in the process. And I think you saw one of Alan's slides pretty much every step of the way, the young people of, uh, of Cumnock and Auchinleck were involved in various different activities that brought them into the whole process. Hopefully that answers your question. If I can just add to that, I think um, whilst we were considering the design and the construction of the schools, the schools themselves started to merge together. So even though they were in two separate sites, they actually started to integrate the children together for the years running up to the building being ready. And that had huge advantages in, in, in sort of building that kind of rapport amongst the children. They met each other in their year groups. So that was a, a huge advantage. OK, we'll have three minutes left. Any burning final questions? Yes, Louise. Hi, Louise Playford from Fife Council. I won't be so mean as to ask my colleagues from from Fife Council and Fife College. To, <laughs> I was thinking of a really tricky question, but I won't be that hard. My question is about the Barony campus. Um, I was really interested in where you've got shared space, and you were talking about identity and brand and ethos and, and maintaining the identities of the individual components of the campus as well, which is obviously something that we're thinking about in Dunfermline. Um, have you got any tips for how you maintain ownership of shared space when you've got a, a campus that's serving a number of different customers and you've got different client groups potentially using shared space. How do you maintain ownership of that shared space but still maximise the benefits for the different groups? I thought you said it wasn't going to be a tricky question. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, you know, on a very simplistic level, the way to control that is through effective timetabling and actually having the timetabling in, in, in mind when the design process is underway. Um, I think the key thing that we delivered at Barney Campus was making sure that each each individual element had its own front door within the campus. You, you probably can't see it from the elevations that we've shown you, but every single um, individual um, individual um, group of pupils have their own front door, have their own spaces. And when it comes to the shared spaces, it's exactly that. These are there's, there's an entire block that's shared um, where there isn't really any ownership over that in terms of. Um, individual groups, it's owned by the whole school and used collectively. Yeah, again, just to add to that, uh, there isn't any shared own space in, in the school. Shared space is by the nature for anyone to use, so it doesn't matter if the shared space is in the secondary, within the primary area, anyone within that school can timetable and use that, so it's not own space. Okay, and that brings us to exactly quarter past, I believe which is excellent chairmanship, if I do say so. So um, just nothing uh, uh, else but to say uh, thank you so much to um, our four speaker, uh, five speakers sorry, uh, for uh, two great presentations and for taking the questions. So could you join me in a round of applause, please? Uh, and that is it. We're due uh, for a half-hour break now and then back here um, um, at quarter two. Thanks. <laughs>